As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father beans. I skinned. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! And welcome to another episode of Your Next Favorite Movie. I am your host, Josh G. And today I am joined by a good friend of mine, one half of the duo known as the Brothers Blevins. Please welcome Chad to the show. Hello. All right, Chad. So you are kind of what made me want to start this as a whole franchise month, because originally I was just going to do the first Crow movie. And then you came to me saying, you know what? I'm willing to come talk about the Crow City of Angels. And then when you said that, I was like, all right, we're going to have to get into that. So I've already said it, but let's get started. We're going to talk about the Crow City of Angels. People once believed that when someone dies, a crow carries their soul to the land of the dead. But sometimes the crow can bring that soul back to put the wrong things right. I thought that Eric was the last. I never imagined there would be another. It's another time. It's another world. And another Chad, tell everyone when you first saw this film. Uh, so I first saw the film uh, when it was initially initially released. And I went on a Sunday because my, my mom had to work all weekend. So she had uh, Sunday afternoon free. So she took me to go see it at this little, well, I guess now it would be a little consider a little rinky-dink uh, theater uh, down the road from where we lived. It wasn't the stadium seating or anything. It was just, you know the sort of flat flat seating but yeah good times <laughs> so, so did you did chris go see this your brother no 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 so chris it, was just you. Uh, it was just me and actually chris was never interested in the in the movie uh he i don't even think he was even interested in the crow because he because initially my mom when we went to go see the the first crow movie, crow movie my mom took me with her to see that god i must have been what when did that first movie come out 94 94 yes yeah, so I would have been nine, I think. So, yeah, my, my mom took me to see that. Chris was never interested in, in those kind of movies um, back then. So um, he didn't actually see The Crow until much later, I don't think. But, yeah, he uh, he didn't watch The City of Angels. Um, so it was just my mom, again, that took me to the theater to see it. Oh, wow, because I remember that you got to see it. I wasn't sure about him because I remember as a kid I was jealous because I wasn't allowed to go see it. And I seem to recall me coming, and when I told you that, I was like, oh, man, I want to see that movie. You were like, eh, no, you don't. There's nothing special. Like, you did not like it, right? Like, that's your initial response? Initially, yeah. And I think the thing, well, I mean, I think for one, I was probably a little too, well, I think it was, well, because I was too young to really appreciate the other aspects of the movie that I finally came around to appreciate. But 
uh, I think the biggest thing was just that I was expecting, because I was such a fan of the first movie, that with this one, I think I was expecting too much out of it. And it, I'm not even really sure in my head what I wanted <laughs> when I went to go see this movie. But whatever it was that I was expecting, it, it didn't live up to it at the time. So, yeah, I, I was like, oh, this movie is stupid. Blah, blah, blah. And, like, I remember the biggest thing I hated about it was the yellow color palette of the movie. That was, for some reason, that was, and I think that's the one thing that sticks into, like, a, a lot of everyone's brain when they watch the movie, just the, the, the yellow color palette. But, um, yeah, that was just, like, the one thing that I was, like, oh, so yellow. And, you know, I, and even at the time, I didn't like, uh, I didn't like the main character, Ash Gordon. I didn't like him because he was nothing like Eric Draven. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> So, yeah. You know, I was surprised that Chris didn't want to go see it. I think part of him kind of wanted to, but at the same time, he's, he didn't really care. Because um, Tui Train, who played the Yellow Ranger in the Power Rangers TV show, who my brother and I were big fans of at the time, because, you know, seven years old, whatever, when the show came out. Absolutely. Um, you know, we, we knew that she was in the movie and that it was, like, you know, uh, a big thing for us because she was, like, the only really actress that we knew at the time that was in the movie but yeah surprisingly he didn't he wasn't interested in seeing the movie but you know he was such a fan of Tui Train you know I'm kind of looking back on I'm surprised he, he wasn't jumping on the on the train to go see it yeah just to see her in something because she was done mm -hmm. with Power Rangers at that point yeah and I mean it was such a stark transition because you know she went from you know playing the this, you know kids TV show superhero to playing, you know, this sort of, you know, s seductively dressed, you know, evil supervillain murderous uh, character in, in City of Angels. So it was such a stark thing uh, for her as an actress. And really, if you think about it, it was a really big gamble for her to do, you know, because I'm sure there was a lot of pressure at the time for her to sort of maintain the family friendly, right. you know, image. But, uh, but yeah, but I mean, she fit the role really well. I, I loved her as uh, Kali. Okay, so for anyone that's not familiar with this particular one, because it's not the same as the first Crow, so why don't you give everyone a little brief synopsis of it? Well, uh, The City of Angels is a story about a man named Ash Corbin who is brutally murdered or executed, I guess I should say. Uh, him and his son are executed by these uh, thugs uh, who, after witnessing a, a crime, after witnessing a murder that they were in the process of doing, and he is brought back like the day after to uh, brought back from death to avenge the, the wrongs committed against him and his son. So this movie really has a much more, I think, you know, deeper tragedy to it than even the first one. I mean, don't get me wrong, two young people losing their lives in the first movie over something senseless was bad, but this one is, you know, a father who had to witness the execution of his own child <laughs> before he was executed himself. So, yeah, it's pretty heavy stuff in this one. That they, uh, they, really went for. they went for the jugular in this one. Yeah, the I heart. agree. Uh, it definitely hit differently now, being someone who has kids to see that. I forgot that that was the angle, honestly, when I watched it. And I was like, oh, this is rough. Like, I know anytime someone loses a life, it's rough. But, man, this kid's 
five, six, seven years old. I mean, he's young. He's a young child in this movie. Yeah. So for that to be the, the setup was, oof, yeah, it was kind of jarring, honestly. Mm-hmm. So you touched on some of the things you didn't appreciate at first. So what are some of those reasons why you like this film now? Uh, well, the big thing for me is definitely the aesthetic of the movie. Uh, it's it's vastly different than I think any of the other Crow movies that have been released. And I think a lot of that is just... Because the 90s was an interesting time for film, especially for uh, some of the more independent projects, because that's when studios were recruiting filmmakers from music video backgrounds. And music videos at the time were like an experimental ground for uh, filmography and videography and stuff like that. And so <laughs> the one thing is kind of cheesy as it sounds, I appreciate this movie kind of looks like a, a 80 minute long music video. <laughs> And then, you know, I mean, I do like that, you know, that t- touching on the, you know, the angle of the story, you know, they, they didn't really stick to the whole, like, you know, romance tragedy angle. They really went for, you know, something a lot heavier. And, you know, and I like the, uh, the, the setting of the story because, I mean, you know, I guess the first movie was definitely, definitely a, a fictional Detroit but this one I think really builds on the world because in this one like it seems very sort of post-apocalyptic in a lot of ways because there's there's no cops (laughs) there's no law it's very lawless in this movie and it takes place in Los Angeles but uh, it's very not Los Angeles (laughs) in the movie but uh, you know it's definitely got a lot of that sort of SoCal flavor to it you know with you know the imagery of the mexican culture the chicano culture i suppose um being brought in the day of the dead festival and stuff like that happening um but yeah the production design for me is like the biggest reason why i really came to appreciate the movie all right so what are your thoughts on i know you love the first crow but what are your thoughts on salvation and and then, and then a little bit on Wicked Prayer, because I kind of know your answer. Well, Salvation salvation is better than I remember it being. I remember at the time, because uh, I remember my brother and I renting it from Blockbuster, because by this point he had seen The Crow and The Crow City of Angels, and we had rented uh, Salvation from Blockbuster. I remember not liking it too much, but recently I rewatched it, and it actually wasn't terrible. Um, it wasn't as bad as I as I thought. For me, the only thing about that movie that I feel was the the thing that held it down was that the actors had like no emotional range whatsoever. <laughs> uh, you know, they had like the emotional range of a spoon, I suppose. And then Wicked Prayer, like I appreciate that they tried to do something different with it because it doesn't quite have the the dark gothy gritty tone uh, gritty tone that the other movies have um it's but it's weird i kind of feel like the movie can't decide what it wants to be because it's almost kind of comedic and i don't know if it's like there are comedic elements to it i suppose in terms of the act because the acting is very vampy to me in that movie like it's just (laughs) like 
they they sort of I feel like the actors like try to oversell you know a lot of the things so they're just really over the top and I, I think the movie just kind of lacked what it wanted to be in terms of its 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 tone and stuff and I, I really just didn't care for the characters and like the the main character um Edward Furlong plays I forget the name of his character well, I think it's my head it's Jimmy Cuervo yes Jimmy Cuervo and of course Cuervo for you know relating to the bird even though that's not crow i think that's uh in spanish i think that's a raven i think cuervo is a raven in spanish but they kind of do that with all the movies because you know i have a corvin which comes from corvus which is the species of the bird and stuff anyway but i i didn't like uh jimmy cuervo uh, I, to me he was an unlikable character i mean i see they were trying to go for like the redeeming arc for him but he wasn't he wasn't a likable character. And um, I didn't really care for David Boreanaz. <laughs> but I, I like the fact, but I do have to say, the one thing I did like about the movie was I liked that they brought in like definitely more of the supernatural elements because not only did you have, you know, Jimmy come back from the dead, but then like literally you have them sort of doing spell work and magic and, you know, raising the devil and stuff like that. So you know, that was, that was really interesting because I mean, a lot, you know, all these stories sort of revolve around the supernatural, but this one definitely kind of brought in this whole idea of like, not just an afterlife, but like now like God and the devil are actual existent things in that universe. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of nice. They sort of took a stand (laughs) on there, you know, because you don't really get a lot of these movies like where a person dies and they realize like, Oh, you know, this is, you know, Hindu heaven or something, <laughs> you know, where you have like Kali and Shiva and, and everything. But yeah, I do like that they brought in some of those. But other, other than that, I, I just, sorry, I didn't care for for, for Wicked Prayer. <laughs> All right. So if you got to have your own sequel to this movie, what would you want to see? Well, interesting you should say that because there's actually with City of Angels, there is a, a big controversy about the movie because the movie that we got (laughs) was not the movie that the director tim pope wanted to put out he was actually working on a 140 minute cut i believe of the movie and at some point down the pipeline um convicted rapist harvey weinstein uh got his his hands on the movie and trimmed it down to 80 minutes so you have this huge chunk of time that is completely missing from what tim pope was working on and so what ended up happening was a lot of the scenes because if you watch the movie like it's almost like the scenes don't breathe very much like they're they're either cut short or things kind of seem like they're rushed or whatever between scenes like there's no there's not really a lot of transition there's no time to breathe and a lot of that was because those scenes were trimmed down because Harvey Weinstein wanted them trimmed down. And then he even ordered some reshoots uh, of the movie. And uh, the point that I'm kind of sort of getting around to at some point is that the if you read the shooting script or even if you read the novelization of the movie, which was based on the shooting script that the writer was given, the ending of the movie is completely different uh, than what we got and actually left open the idea for possibly more Ash Corvin's uh, story. Because in 
the Tim Pope version, Ash kind of gets cursed to walk the earth forever. Um, so he, he doesn't actually die like he does in the movie. So there's a lot of possibility uh, there for Ash. And I would definitely see him as, as uh, I guess it would just depend. Uh, he would definitely be more of a, a tragic soul. And I think probably uh, if they did a sequel and they followed that vein, he would probably definitely be a character that would be trying to figure a way to get out, <laughs> you know, to try to find an exit from, from his cursed uh, life. So, yeah, I mean, if they, if they did a sequel, you know, that's what I would like to see. And I would just like to see them restore the original 10 Pope cut. So let's get that trend going. Hashtag release the Pope cut. Release the Pope cut. Because like yes. you told me, there is a work print version on YouTube, right? Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I don't know the full story about it, but there is a, a sort of a fan cut of the film that's on YouTube that actually somehow somebody was able to find some of the cut footage from some of the scenes and restored them. And actually um, a, a lot of the scenes were in the final version were reordered, um, rearranged um, mm. out of, out of sequence from the way Tim Pope wanted them. And um, the fan cut sort of restores the order of, of how the scenes were supposed to go. And they, restore um the ending because there you can actually find the uh the the footage of the original ending of the movie on youtube but uh but yeah there is a fan cut of the movie and i'm gonna say it's probably about 120 minutes or so maybe maybe if that 110 minutes something like that anyway it's longer than (laughs) the 80 minute cut of the film that we all got right yeah tried to watch it it's it is rough because it's you know work print material so it is not good quality and so. a lot yeah and it's 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 low quality so you know you don't get like the hd footage you get like tw- like 280 or right. 360 like yeah quality quality thing and then you know they cut in like parts of the script like the actual text from the script they will put on the screen of like what happens you know, in the scene or before the scene or even after the scene, they'll like intercut some of the actual text from the original shooting script. Um, and the original shooting script you can find online too. That was dated, I think, in September of the previous year before the movie, like before the movie was actually released. So, right. Yeah. So probably 95 because I think it came out in 96. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. All right. So let's say you got to have a remake. We love remakes. The Crow is a movie that's been on the remake block over and over and over, never getting, never getting the green light to go ahead. So, but this is a green light specifically of City of Angels. So, you're recasting <laughs> Ash Corvin. Oh man, see, I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know anybody that I would, that I would necessarily cat or that I would necessarily gun for. To, to replace that role because I think uh, Vincent Perez sort of played it really well. So for me, he's kind of like the only Ash Corbin. But uh, I don't I don't know. I mean, I know if I was you know Cassie like Eric Draven, I know one of the things I talked to you about was uh, possibility of casting um, Andy Beersack uh, from Black Veil Brides in the role of Eric Draven. 
But I just don't, I don't think he would work well as uh, as Ash Corbin though. For me, I just don't see him as Ash Corbin. Okay. So I don't I don't know I don't know who I would get. But it would have to be somebody that you know it would definitely have to be somebody that could be like that could play the the family man really well. You know, a single father really well. So I don't I don't know. I'm kind of at a loss for that, to be honest with you. And I loved uh, uh, Mia Kirshner. Yeah, Sarah. Um, as Sarah, oh my God. Like, I had such a crush on her. <laughs> I think it was her uh, angel wing tattoos that she had on her. Uh, so, uh, yeah. And then the eyes, of course. How about the bad guys? Any of the bad guys? The main guy? Man, Judah was great. I love Judah um, as, a, as a bad guy. And, you know, sadly, uh, kind of going back to the to the Pope cut and the movie that we got, like he, he has like no backstory whatsoever, but in the Tim Pope cut, like there's a whole scene between him and Sarah where he's talking about how he developed his obsession with death and trying to stave off death from catching up to him uh, his whole life. And then why he also keeps this uh, sort of psychic sorceress uh, around him all the time. But uh, Judah, um, gosh, <laughs> again, I don't, I don't know. It would be so hard because I mean, I really, I think, I think a lot of people would be, would be perfect for those roles. I mean, I would like to definitely see, yeah, for me personally, I would love to see a crow movie where we have, you know, say like somebody a different race you know, playing the main character, for instance, you know, so I mean, I wouldn't mind a person of color in the role of, of Ash Corbin, for instance, because um, it works either way, because it doesn't really matter. I just think that, you know, we've seen too many, you know, white people <laughs> playing, uh, playing these main characters. So it'd be interesting to see them actually do something a little diverse, I suppose, um, and sort of mix it up a little bit. Yeah, Drew is a great character, though. I just don't know who I would get to play him. I haven't really given a whole lot of thought because the thing is like the movie is such a product of its time. I just don't think there would be any, <laughs> to me, there's like, there's no, there is no way to really sort of capture the magic of the, and the uniqueness of the movie. Cause to me, the movie is, is a masterpiece on its own. If you separate it from the first Crow movie um, and you just kind of look at it and accept it on its own terms as it is, like it's, it's a masterpiece film in the franchise in my opinion. And that kind of leads us to this last part. This is your last chance. You're selling this film either to someone who's never taken the chance on it or to that person who watched it years upon years ago and hated it and don't oh, want to revisit it. And you're, now you got to <laughs> sell it. Why should they go watch it? You just said yourself, in your opinion, separate it from the original Crow. It's a masterpiece. So That and, um, you know, there's a, a, a very deep story about a, a love of a parent. <clears throat> the love of a parent for their child um, in this movie. And, you know, there's, it, it's equal parts beautiful and equal parts tragic and sad. And, you know, the, the idea of what, and to me, I think, you know, the, the love that a parent has for their child is the most perfect kind of love. And to me, like it definitely shows, the, you know, this idea about the lengths of what one would go to, you know, to, you know, show the love and the care and the, you know, avenge the death of their child, you know, even coming back from the dead to, uh, to do that. So, yeah, it's, it's a very deep movie that's, 
both beautiful and very tragic. Yeah, there's there's something beautiful in the movie, for sure. If you get past the sort of action violence of it, there's you know a lot deeper uh, appreciations for it. All right, Chad. I think that's gonna wrap this one up. You want to tell everybody where they can find you online? <laughs> uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter. Um, I mean, I'm a nobody on there. <laughs> you become uh, a someone. So, <laughs> uh, but you can find me at uh, Green Screen Grin at, uh, on Twitter. Um, and the name actually comes from a, a friend of mine who tragically took his own life about 10 years ago. So I just kind of use that sort of those little way of honoring him. Okay. I did not know that, but <laughs> continue going. As always, you can find the show at YNF Movie Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can find the podcast anywhere you get your podcast. We're now on YouTube. You can also look us up on TikTok. I'm trying to be a TikToker. I don't think I know what I'm doing, but come you gotta do some little likes dances. And, yeah, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> come give me some likes and follows and make me feel like I know what I'm doing. Uh, until then, as you know, next week we'll be back with The Crow Salvation with our guest Kira Ann, who you'll get to hear how, a very interesting way I met her. Until then, you guys take care, and I'll talk to you next time. <laughs> <laughs>